Songcast, the most heretical podcast about the New Jedi Order. I'm your host, Bria, and with me are my co-hosts, Rocky and Megan. This month, we'll be talking about Dark Journey by Elaine Cunningham, in which Jaina X Force Lightning is my OTP, Han Solo decks some dudes, Kip Durod is kind of confused, and Isolder really needs to stop listening to his mom. So grab your villain and enjoy the show. And hey, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> New Year, same us, we're still messes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, yes, um, congratulations on your survival of the ritual turning of the earth. I hope that the, uh, the, the, the slaughter was not too hard for you, and that everyone has been restored to their rightful number of limbs. How many is that? I don't Four. Remember. It's four, Rocky. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. So yeah, so we hope that those of you who listened to the spoiler episode last month enjoyed it. It was uh, mildly cathartic for us, just just a little bit. We had some feelings to get out, and I think we uh, we expressed them loudly and repeatedly. <laughs> but we're all fine now. Thank you. How are you? Wait, I can't make a blaster sound effect very well. <laughs> I'm just disappointed, Rocky. <laughs> Okay, so as a reminder, here on the Voncast, we don't talk about spoilers for future books of this series, but we're going to go through today's book very, very thoroughly. So if you haven't read it yet, just go read the book and then come back and do this. You guys know how this drill goes. Uh, so today, up today, is Dark Journey by Elaine Cunningham, which is possibly one of my favorite books in the Star Wars universe, which also means it's time to read the book summary very dramatically. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Though the Jedi Strike Force completed its deadly mission in Yu Zanvong territory, the price of success was tragedy. Not everyone made it out alive. In a daring getaway, hotshot pilot Jaina Solo stole an enemy ship, taking her fellow survivors and leaving behind a huge piece of her heart. <laughs> <laughs> this one's real good so far. It's yes. great. I'm loving it. <laughs> With the enemy hot in pursuit, Jaina is forced to seek haven in the unprotected, unfriendly Hapes Cluster, where the Jedi are held responsible for a past tragedy and where the royal family has grim plans for their famous Jedi guest. Even more sinister are the intentions of the Yuzan Vong, desperate to capture Jaina for a hideous sacrifice. Grief-stricken and obsessed with re revenge, Jaina is blind to these threats and to the overpowering evil dangerously close to consuming her. In the coming conflagration... <laughs> <laughs> Jada will be fighting not victory or vengeance, but for her very being. That was a good one today. That was that the, the first time that we've totally all lost it while reading the, the summary. The oh. price of success was tragedy is just so good. And also Actually, yeah. that's like the storytelling formula right there, you know? Yeah. That's it's all you need. Listen, it's a huge piece of her heart that she had to leave behind. <laughs> and also, I like that it's like, the royal family has grim plans. I want to be like, uh, no, not the royal family. Tachum has grim plans because she's Tachum. Because it wouldn't be a complete day if she didn't. Exactly. Exactly. Also, like, like the I'm pretty sure that, that everyone else running around is going... She has horrible plans. What's going on? And those who actually know what's going on just go, oh, well, must be Tuesday. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. All right. So before we dive into the first topic that I wrote down, which is super heavy, and I feel like we should not be laughing when we go into that. Um, <laughs> no, we shouldn't. But this is us. This is, that is not going to go as well as we anticipated. <laughs> Did we anticipate it? going any different than it anyways uh how, <laughs> how did the book hold up to how we remembered it or rather how did it hold up to how it was when we all read this as teenagers of which at least two-thirds of us were angry teenagers <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I actually liked this one a lot more recently than I did in my 2014-ish reread um I remember liking it as a teenager, but I wasn't keen on the Hapes cl cluster stuff in general. Um, but I actually got like so much more catharsis out of this book reading it this time around, and I'm not sure why. I don't know if there was like 
I just had to work through some stuff or what. But uh, the kind of the victory at the end, uh, all of Jaina's like one-liners, all of the uh, excitement at the end, like some of Jaina's relationships, all of it just worked for me really well. I was afraid that this book would feel a little bit too edgy or would feel a little bit like it was dragging Jaina through the mud. And it didn't. It She went through hardships and and angst and justified grief but it wasn't a she's so emotional because she's a mess book it was she's emotional and a mess for a while and then she finds herself again and I was glad for that and glad that it never felt like it was kind of pinning too much blame on her it always felt like she was justified to me that makes sense this definitely held up even better than I thought it would because while reading it as an angry angsty teenager of course it's got a soft spot in my heart reading it in what 2014 2015 ish it still made a lot of sense to me even though I was no longer an angry teenager and then in this reread just the way that Jaina's emotions her poor decisions, all of her attitude, the way she deals with or doesn't deal with things, it felt so real to me. And yeah. it just felt overall like it makes sense in the context and makes the characters all feel very, very real. Yeah, I always love it when books let girls be angry. Especially when they Mm -hmm. have every reason in the world to be angry and to be upset. Um, Actually, let's just jump right down to Jaina and her, as I put in the notes, dark side jaunt. (laughs) Um, So the real question I want to ask is how dark side, how dark side did she really go? Because, I mean, she does some dark side things like hers, the excessive use of Jedi mind tricks. Um, <laughs> casual use of force lightning, a sort of apprentice to Kip, but not really. I feel but, like that part is the part that she considers to be the worst sin, at least in the book. <laughs> just saying something. Yeah. The part that really struck me was when she's uh, experimenting with the implants on people that she effectively kidnapped. Yes. I think that's the furthest it goes. Not... Not that the Force Lightning wasn't bad, but the the experimentation had a kind of, like, impersonal darkness that I found very effective in showing, like, what her mental state was. That kind of cold, detached darkness there, that's the part, that's the part that I felt like if that had gone much further, there would have been other Jedi stepping in and saying, this is really getting not okay. You kind of saw that with her relationship with Kip, too, where she was, they both thought they were manipulating each other for a while. And I think they're, and they were both kind of manipulating each other to greater and lesser degrees, um, which really worked for me in this time, uh, this read. I found their connection to be just really interesting and their dynamic to be really great um, as, like, kind of a really messed up teacher-student dynamic, and also as Kip being someone who never really got over his own, like, angst. Um, But that's maybe for another discussion. But what I wanted to bring that back to was um, the way Jaina could very much have become even more of a cold, like, chess master type of person. I think if at the end she had decided to continue to manipulate Kip and manipulate the youth on Vong, that's when it would have been a really steep slide um, yeah. But she didn't. She didn't keep going further that way. It yeah. it kind of felt like she just barely. It's something that could have gotten a lot worse very very quickly. But Jaina kind of had the come to the light moment. Yeah, I didn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, but. <laughs> but it definitely does feel like she had a little bit of a come to the light moment and figured out how do I really want to manage dealing with some of this? In a way, I I felt like if Kip hadn't been there, I think it would have gone worse. 
Yes. Like, oh, yes. she would have gone full dark side, which to me was fascinating because you contrast how how Kip dealt with her and, and did try to help her in his way. I mean, it's Kip Duron, so he messes up a lot. But you contrast that with Zek, who is just like, you're going dark side. Don't do this. And like had this holier than thou attitude that made mm-hmm. me want to slap him senseless. Like this this book in this final reread made me actually like Kip substantially more than I think I ever have since he was first introduced into Welcome the, to the Dark into Side Legends. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because Kip is about the only Jedi whatsoever I can think of who would make enough sense to Jaina as kind of a counterbalance there. Not quite a moral counterbalance because no, no, Kip, you're not capable of that. But someone who kind of gets what's going on. Yeah, well, I think they say at the end, like they um, saved each other and they figured it out together. And I just really liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. And I will admit that I understand where the Kip and Jaina shippers come from. But I also like that it's very easy, and I think it was intended to be that you can read their relationship as being platonic, and that's completely how I read it now in my lest I'm going to just ship things to troll people days. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I agree, and I see this, I mean, I didn't ship this when I was a teenager either, but I can almost see myself doing it more so in the past, because now I'm like, the power dynamic and I, I don't know but I can definitely see it from Jaina's perspective like she was attracted to him for a while but I also don't think this book pushes that and I was yeah. kind of you know you're aware that like shipping happens so if I see something that I think like oh that's what the shippers are going to latch on to that's noticeable even if I'm not shipping it myself but there wasn't actually that much in this book there was a couple where she basically like notices his appearance, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. a reasonably good-looking person. But other than that, there wasn't that much, and I really liked the the fact that it was, like, a complex platonic relationship. Yeah. And I have to say, the one thing, I guess, not necessarily on a ship, a ship point of view, but I, th- I think, for me, the thing that saves... Or not necessarily saves... I, I Sorry, I'm struggling with words today. Anyone listening to this, I've had no sleep. Um... I like that much of their interaction starts with him coming and taking her from that fancy dinner and be like, no, you're going to your little brother's funeral. Like, get out of the fancy dress. Like, I'm not giving you a choice because, yeah, I I don't know. There's something about that that I really liked on a a a friendship. I I don't know what the word for them is. Because who else would have been able to convince Jaina to go to the funeral? Exactly. Like, if her parents Literally had tried... Literally nobody. Yeah. yeah. Nobody like, and nothing else but him showing up with something that isn't a fancy dress and saying, by the way, we're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly that. Um, and also, this is going to get me in trouble with some people. I was kind of okay with her casual use of force lightning in this book. As was I, okay? (laughs) I mean, there was some part of me when I first read this that just went, yes! (laughs) I liked it when she was like, they're like, oh, there needs to be some sort of electrical shock. And Elena's like, I've got a big shock. And Zeke's like, no, you can't do that. But I'm just like, if you're using a tool of the dark side for a logical reason, and you're not hurting anyone but the ship... Especially at this point in the story, out of all of the solo kids and, like, out of all of the Jedi we talk to on a regular basis, Jaina would be the number one I would nominate to end up using Force Lightning at some point. Because, like, even before this book, I was, like, it just felt to me that if anybody here is going to have a serious dark side adventure or dabble in it at all, my vote's on Jaina. She just has too much pent up inside her and too much unresolved mess to deal with from being on the front lines of the war. I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. It just felt very in character. Yeah. And then you tie it. um, So not just the force lightning, but when you tie back to the Jedi mind tricks, 
there was that paragraph about halfway through the book where she thinks about how they're used. And I thought that was very interesting, you know, like, she's like, yeah, Luke uses them for small day-to-day manners. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really fascinating take because she's right. Yeah. He uses it in one of the meetings earlier in the series to, like, just calm people down and it's not described as a mind trick but it kind of is it's manipulating someone's emotions yeah and it's like where where's that line like how that line just feels so arbitrary between what's considered okay and what's not i feel like yeah i feel like there's very much the level of okay that it is depends a lot on who you ask yeah and circumstances and yeah, I also love how we have in the notes excessive use of Jedi mind tricks on people. Casual use of force lightning and like, what is this? The Jedi equivalent of a traffic ticket? <laughs> <laughs> That's Get exactly what I was planning. Is my snark going in line with this book or something today? <laughs> I really love the scene where Kip and Jaina uh, kidnap the pirates because it's that thing that I love, which is Jedi being frightening. Um, and that they're just so, they're so in control of that situation. And, like, they are the monsters under the bed. And, yes, it's dark. And, yes, Kip's not sure he should be doing it. But it was very cool. And this book was really good for showing that Jaina has all the power in a given situation. And it goes from her having that with the pirates to her having it with the Yusan Wong. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I kept, when I, whenever I read it, I was like, Jana, don't do this. But also I was like, Jana, yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into this right now because it's a little further on the notes, but I just want to talk about all the like one-liners that she has late in the book and just how. This is the wittiest book. Yeah. How yeah. She's, how in control she is when she's talking to Kali La and she's talking to um, Harar's fleet. Yeah, we have a whole section in the in the show notes called where I titled it "The Book of Zingers." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we, I I was like crying, laughing in a few points, and just and just going, "This is so completely perfect." <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, just let's, die let's go through over. those. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I know I have to. Oh yes. Yep. So yeah, I, I'm I, gonna end up adding a few of the of my own. I forgot that, like, two of my most notable uh, quotes from the New Jedi Order were both from this book. Because I think my two favorites were, in his opinion, there were far too many dark-eyed, green-eyed men in Jaina Solo's orbit. <laughs> Which is just Jag being petulant and, like, not wanting to admit he has a crush. And then the, is every third human in this galaxy named Solo? <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that last one so much because it lampshades everything so beautifully. Yes. I'm just dying over if you still have your own hands, you're probably not as far up the ladder as you'd yes! like it to see. <laughs> oh I my completely gosh. died at that point when I was reading. And, and I think I scared part, my cat off the bed. <laughs> the part where she calls up Harar. She calls Harar and Kali La, shows, like, moves her bangs and shows them that she's scrawled the Yoon Harla mark on her own face in Sharpie or whatever. And then, <laughs> it, like, it's face Sharpie, okay? <laughs> and then, like, slams the villips closed was so great and so glorious. And you know that cut of the solo trailer where it's the beginning, where there's, like, the beat of the music goes with them pressing the buttons on the Falcon? Yeah. I just, like, saw that scene except it was her with the villips it was great that's beautiful i love it <laughs> yeah i have the word villip skyping somewhere in my notes here and i'm slightly concerned <laughs> i love that there's so many things in this book and especially just looking at this uh our list of of one-liners that make me go yeah jaina is definitely han's kid yes <laughs> Um, I also really appreciated the lampshading of uh, people tried to kill Jaina. That was just the way it was. And I was like, yes, yes. killing the so- trying to kill the solo kids. It's another day that ends in why. <laughs> then wait, Rocky, was that you who added the? the yes, yeah, same old Jaina, subtle as a thermal detonator. Yup. Oh, I love it. 
I love this book. This book is just so priceless. This is why I don't understand why when there's people who don't like this book. And actually, I think a lot of it has to tie in with the next somewhat uh, snarkily phrased note I have in there under miscellaneous. It will eventually go back to the sad stuff, I swear, um, about how this is, quote unquote, the girl book, because you can tell because it's pink and Jane is on the cover, which in a way I sort of feel like a lot of guys just dismiss it automatically. Except Jaina is not a very girly girl. She's not very stereotypically girly. And I think that's also a part of why I loved her a lot as a teenager who is not very good at being girly at that time. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, been, uh, it's been a thing since the YJK. Like, like Han Solo lampshaded yeah. it. Yeah. I think people are very <laughs> quick to say, oh, it has hapes, uh, royal posturing. It's just courtship of Princess Leia. It's fluffy. It's It's silly. And it's. <laughs> It's not that. I mean, there's, like, it's in the same canon as that, but there's some kind of weird stuff. The stuff with Trisden was kind of weird, I thought, but it's not, like, a fluffy book about, I mean, it is about Jaina wearing dresses, and that's okay, but it's not, like, And she's out of place in the dresses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people get the wrong idea from the entire Hapes culture. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I actually I think generally speaking that people tend to write off hapes as just being silly because it originated in courtship of Princess Leia. Yeah. Which is too bad because it's a fascinating culture. Um and I love it. Okay, we're going to the hape and politics section, guys. Congratulations. Yes! There's there's yes! my segue. We'll eventually get to the sad thing. We're avoiding it. Like Jaina. Um <laughs> I think the interesting thing about hate and politics is is how there's that line about um, where Tatum is like, oh yeah, the death of Miri. They just treat their men like breeding stock, and a soldier is like, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Imagine that. I don't know what that's like on hapes at all. Um, I think there's a lot of clever things they do with social, well, not really social commentary, but stuff like that. And then I appreciated that this book was able to somewhat mirror courtship of princess leia but not have any of its hollywood or bollywood nonsense going on (laughs) what we don't need a musical episode in here i mean i wouldn't have i I would have been okay with it but (laughs) (laughs) yeah what are what are your guys takes on hapes i guess it is a wretched hive of scum and villainry in very nice outfits i love it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even though we didn't get a lot i like what we did get of tenel ka in this series where or in, excuse me in this book where we saw her kind of wrestling with whether she she doesn't want to be the queen but you see her like understanding what it is to take on that responsibility and then i really love the kind of brief but strong moment of reconciliation between jaina and tenel ka at the end where the author was sure to say that like they're not rivals they're not arguing like she's not a lima you know like jaina and tenelka like fight side by side and unlike a lima that is good yeah i like that even though i like that the book never pitted them against each other yes, or, exactly. or mm-hmm. not more than was necessary not more than was appropriate for the political landscape it was never like they're both girls at the same age so they're gonna fight yeah and it yeah. was to me it felt more like it was tachum trying to manufacture that whereas Tenel Ka was always because like when she goes and talks to Jag and all and she's she's more concerned about her friend mm-hmm. and then you know she she's trying to pull Jaina back in what way that she can and that's where the opposition come from, comes yeah, from. Yeah that's not to say that they don't fight but it's to say that oh, like course. their fighting is appropriate to the plot you know. Yeah, it's not girl drama fighting. It's my friend is going dark and my crush just vanished and probably is dead. And I yeah. might have to be the queen of a really like difficult place to govern. Yeah. Yes, yeah. with a grandmother who is about 110% trying to kill me even if I haven't figured out what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think I think that's something that Elaine Cunningham did really well, and it's it's harder to pull off, and it's especially to, for me, it's even more impressive that this book is from what two thousand and three. Oh, I know, I know. This is a like, difficult thing to see in the modern day. 
like that yeah. kind of dynamic. It's so rare, and I hope I think we're gonna get more of this with um, Queen's Shadow, like more politics between women, you know. And but that's like this huge gap of time. Yeah, so, I don't. I'm always here for more of this. I don't want to yes. be ahistorical about it, and I'm not thinking about every single book about Star Wars women between 2003 and now. But <laughs> I um, don't have the time to go I off on see my rants more of about this. it. But. Yeah. <laughs> Well, would you like to? Would anyone like to rant about Tatum's really terrible, horrible plan to make Jaina Solo the New Haven Queen? Because they thought she was tangible, and it's a good idea for a soldier to marry a girl who's his daughter's age. And then Jaina just laughs. Like the whole time, I was kind of like, "Is the book gonna go there or not?" Because at first, it was like they're trying to get Leia to marry I Solder, but then. Todd Shum says, well, but what about you, Jaina? And she just laughs at her. It's like, that's how yes. I feel. Yes. And I don't, how did Todd Shum not figure out, like, how can you look at Jaina Solo and go, this girl is much more malleable. I can control her. There's yeah, the part where uh... Jaina thinks <laughs> that she's learning from Todd Shum as much as she's learning from Kip. And I thought that was kind of cool because, like, yeah. she was never going to let Todd Shum manipulate her she was in control of that too not all the time not as much but significantly enough that that was never a, a possibility for her to marry him yeah. Jaina shows up to talk to Tachum wearing a fancy dress looking all proper because that's what's going to get her what she wants it's very practical and I think Tachum mm-hmm. really missed that part mm, that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. I think that as much as everyone just makes the assumption that, or rather, rather, let me start that again. I think a lot of the times that people forget in universe that Jaina is also Leia's daughter and that she may not like the fancy stuff, but the girl is smart and she paid attention. Mm-hmm. Like she knows how to, she can play that game to an extent when she wants to. Yeah. And I think, yeah, people forget that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think we saw a lot of that. It's like, Jaina's not unaware of how that game works. It's just, that's not normally what she needs to get what she wants. <laughs> yeah. And just, just seeing all of the intrigue and plotting and the number of, oh, yes, there are all sorts of plots and death threats and assassination attempts. Oh, yeah, by the way, the palace gardens are more dangerous than the kitchen. That yeah. was a really good spot there, the scene where Tenalka realizes, oh, actually, in my wanderings around, I've run into how many assassination plots against one of us? The so nonchalance many. in which she's kind of thinking about it really says something about the politics and the court life. And no, it is not fluffy, pretty diversion. <laughs> Do we want to talk a little more about Tanaka here? Because I think she is a character who had way more potential than the expanded universe ever really let her realize. Sure. I yeah, I'm curious about like what you what would you would do with her? Like if it was up to you to write more EU for her, oh, what man. would you do? Oh, okay. <laughs> First of all, I break into the totally existing uh, Vault of Legends books and I pull out Blood Oath, which doesn't actually exist. But I pull out Blood Oath and I get to read that beautiful book about hate and politics um, that got canceled that Elaine Cunningham was supposed to write. Um I know to me to me there's there's you know you get to do the fish out of water plot line with Tenelka because she's she's never wanted to be queen um and I always thought it was funny that Isolder and Tenennial never went hey maybe we should have an extra kid since this one doesn't want to like take the throne we should we should work on this um but she's this warrior and she's made to be queen of a far more subtle place I think mm-hmm. it would have been cool if we if we had gotten to see more of that um, and how she has to take a different role and she has to fight for people in a way that doesn't usually involve going out there with her lightsaber and kicking everyone's butt. Interesting. I also am a sucker for warrior queens and that's my girl. 
and the later EU does her dirty. Yes. Not gonna lie, I'm I've gotten so like attached to Clone Wars canon Dathomir that I'm now thinking of a crossover with like Ventress on Hapes or like the Maul family getting involved with this somehow. And it's good, but it's not Tanelka, so not quite the same. <laughs> not exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky's thinking about it. <laughs> I don't need any more ideas. I mean, <laughs> we already all have a list of fanfic we need yes. to write. We literally I do. Feeling, I have a feeling that we might have to have another spoiler episode, at least partially, because I have some Tenelka thoughts that belong in that section. <laughs> we just had the spoiler episode, Rocky. Come on. <laughs> yes, but I have more. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So, so here's what I need you to do. Uh, pull out a piece of paper and start writing Thank these things you. down. Thank you for reminding me you have one more brain cell than I do right now. Uh, so cool. I have two. Awesome. Um, we're, we're like the fates. We pass the brain cell around between us. Exactly. Exactly. Sooner or later, it'll all work out, right? We're doing great. Um, so yeah, no, I just, I, I just love Tunnel Ka. I love the moment when she like, you know, when they have, when she and Jaina have that moment of who's going to walk down that aisle and kneel in front of the soldier and take the crown and the acceptance of destiny, even though she doesn't necessarily want it, but she knows it's what she has to do for everyone. And yeah. I just, and female and just Jaina's thought of. I super don't want this, but if I'm offered this crown, I can't really not not take it. And she's in a unique position to stop things from becoming worse. She's not gonna be Tachum. She's not gonna put Isolder in the position of having to marry someone for a political reason. Like she was she knew that she could make it better, even though she didn't actually want to hold that position. And like what they say that the person that wants to be a leader is least qualified to be a leader, right? Yes. Ooh, that's a good point. Yes. Yes. Oh, I like that. Um, also, Isolda really needs to grow a pair. I just want to point that out. Like, dude, stop doing everything your mom says. I mean, congratulations. It's clear her advice is terrible. Well, like, he, he, you know, congratulations to him for, you know, standing up to Tachum that one time and marrying Tenennial and forcing... Tachim off the throne, but also, like, dude, you're, like, 45, 50, stop doing what your mom wants you to do all the time. You know she's a bad. <laughs> she is a bad. In fact, everyone, literally everyone is saying, no, really, Tachim is dangerous. No, really, be careful. It's going to blow up in your face. No, really, she's terrible. Everyone yep. seems to know this, and a soldier just seems to be ignoring it as much as he can or at least no stop stop listening to your mother when you are already well aware that she is a problem yeah yeah and... go ahead well I, I don't remember enough of courtship of princess leia um other than the rogue padron version to say this for <laughs> sure but i feel like his um reticence is kind of symptomatic of the hapes culture and I don't know, do we want to talk about Trisden at all? Because sure. I felt that he was a good... His character honestly, like, disturbed me a little because he had mm -hmm. so little power and he he was, like, given to such a bad fate and I just felt really bad for him. And also, I think it was super notable that, like, that's the, the typical role that, like, a female consort would have in a male-dominated society. Mm -hmm. And they just put this guy in that role which i think is is an interesting reversal but also just made me go like oh my gosh like as a character he's very sad and very tragic um but so that with the example and of the example of him who he was trying also to rebel against tachum in his own way a little bit like you saw glimmers of he kind of knew more than he let on or maybe he had his own plans but he never really got to execute them and i feel like isolder isn't that different from him in that way Yeah, but in a way, I I feel like a soldier got he, he got his out, you know. In yeah, a way. with like, um, with Nennial, yeah, Nennial, yeah. And I just want to be like, did you not learn anything in twenty years? 
And it's been 20 years. And I think maybe maybe he feels the same way that Tanaka did, that even though he could get out, he could have just left. Although it wouldn't exactly have been better for him to go to Dathomir. He had a responsibility to his family to, like, uphold potentially a better life. But he was never able to do that. And Tanaka is the one that's going to eventually really do that. You know, not... Yeah, not necessarily referencing anything from the future EU, but just in the context of this book, her yeah. taking the throne is a victory for her and for Isolder in a way. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Tanetio was done dirty. She deserved better. Yes. Yeah. That was that was sad too. Like it's that part's just so tragic, especially in, con- in the context of courtship of Princess Leia. Because this is a girl, a girl who like captured Luke Skywalker and is like, "Congratulations, you're my mate now, <laughs> Luke Skywalker." And then she's reduced to being poisoned and killed and just listless and and withering away, and it makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Speaking of sad things, do we want to go back up to the top? Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. talk about how people avoid talking about grief. Yeah. 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 Which it's... we didn't avoid at all. <laughs> totally not, no, no. Yeah. And... I thought it's that... so realistic. Yeah, and I, I liked that it showed the contrast and how different people respond to loss. Because we had Han and Chewie earlier in the series... And then you have Leia with Anakin and then her firm belief that Jason isn't dead. And then Jaina and Anakin and her belief that Jason is dead despite not feeling in the force like other people did. And then you mm-hmm. have Tenelka and Jason. And they were all they all expressed that grief in different ways. And I didn't think any of them were more or less valid than the other. Yeah, all of the so many different ways of handling grief, so many different reactions. It felt so real because they were all responding in their own ways. And even if it didn't make sense to each character in universe necessarily, like I think reading all of this and seeing how everyone reacts, I've certainly run into a few of those different reactions in the past and and just like how Jaina was so shut down emotionally that it was kind of news to her that her brother and Tanaka kind of had a crush on each other even though I'm like at least to me that was fairly obvious a while back like Young Jedi Knights a while back but I don't know yeah, I thought there was a kiss or something between... Oh, oh, yeah. It was pretty obvious, but... <laughs> yeah. But just, like, how everyone's reactions being so different, and I feel like most readers have run into at least some of those at some point in their lives, and it just feels so real. The part that really hit me was where Jaina kind of thinks that her family doesn't always understand when they love someone, and that's both, um, when I was thinking about it anyway, it kind of conflated with, like, both romantic love and platonic love. Like, she doesn't, she's kind of one step away from her own emotions, and I feel like that often, so that really hit me hard. Um, I, I was less convinced by the the way um, Cunningham tied it to Han and Leia, where she said they hadn't known that they were in love until they finally got together, which I think is convincing. Like, not that I don't think that's a correct reading of the original trilogy. I, and I just think it's a little bit of a stretch to say it was the same kind of emotion. But on the other hand, I really love that she did this at all. This is one of the things that I love the best about the expanded universe. It's also one of the things that I love the best about fan fiction and about, like, pop culture criticism is when you can take uh, the one character's emotions and connect them to something that happened elsewhere in the franchise to create this kind of continuity that's entirely based on how they feel and I thought that was a really good example of that so that part really like kind of had to pause for a minute and think about think through that part (laughs) 
I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, I'm sorry, someone else start talking. <laughs> well, do either one of you um like want to talk about Han, uh, like Jaina's reaction compared to Han's reaction or uh, Leia's reaction? Ooh. Oh, like the whole, like the bit when Kip's all um. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Oof. Yeah, and just like it feels it feels almost like feels almost like Han and Leia have ended up a bit closer together or at least Leia understands somehow more of why Han reacted the way he did to yeah. Chewie's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it feels like they're much more they're much more understanding about what happened there and that kind of the why as well. Because Han just got over his grief. He just stopped running. And um, there's like all the Han and Leia stuff that we've talked about already. And now Jaina is kind of doing the same thing. Um, This book doesn't directly draw the comparison between like Han noticing that Jaina has run off the way he did with Droma. But I think the comparison is there. Jaina just does it in a more compressed time frame and in like on one planet because she's tied up in all the hapes uh, royal uh, court intrigue and can't actually or be harder for her to actually run away like Han did. Yeah. I do like though that she she always I'm not even sure I see it as her running away though because Han basically was avoiding the war really. And and Jaina never she never went away from it she Um, almost throws herself more into it when the trickster stuff starts happening yeah she's it does like you can very much feel the whole covering the grief by doing stuff taking charge keeping busy and in a way ending up just very emotionally shut down from it Mm -hmm. yeah and i also liked um I kind of liked that in a way Han would not have been able to be as supportive of Leia if he hadn't gone through or he wouldn't have Mm -hmm. known how to help if he hadn't seen how horribly he had handled everything with Chewie. Mm -hmm. Like he was able to pull her back. Mm. Yeah, that's about all I have in terms of like uh, Jaina's belief that Jason is dead. I am going to have more to say about this as the series goes on because you kind of find out what in particular that like force burst was from. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember what it was. The future. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's the beginning of Traitor. Oh, yes, yes. I'm, right. I'm almost positive it is. Wait a few more months. We'll, we'll prove. That's right. We'll prove ourselves right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, Jason Solo isn't dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I guess that... Oh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Leia's already stated that pretty clearly. <laughs> That's Whether true. Whether a lot of the people believe it. That's true. And Leia Organa is always right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, sure trying to was, of... I'm sure there was a debate about that when the book came out, because, you know, people didn't know, so. That's true. And also, I had forgotten how much of this book is, the the opening is really the fallout from Star by Star. Oh, like, yes. I know we, I feel like we talked about it last time, but I had, I had really forgotten how much of it, like, it takes a while for them to get to Hapes. Yeah, and I admit I was actually a little bit bored during that scene, because not that it's a bad fight scene, but because you know that they are going to get to Hapes, and because part of it is, like, that whole scene sets up Tanaka being separated from the rest of them, which doesn't really have a lot of impact like it does in that she's working with different people but they're all in the same palace together so yeah it was a bit of a slow start for me because of that dealing with so much of that fallout yeah uh was there anything else we wanted to say about grief otherwise there were two other there were two other characters i wanted to talk about a little bit because that i did not put in the notes because i forgot (laughs) (laughs) not that i can think of okay Player's choice. Do you guys want to talk about Loey or Jag first? <laughs> I'll admit I found it pretty Jag? funny that we managed to not mention Jag yet. So I guess yeah. I'll vote for him for the sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. Uh, what's there to mention about Jag? Oh yeah. <laughs> My favorite <Okay>. part <laughs> is where his father tells him that he made a mistake and Jag is like, what is my mistake? And his father's like, you haven't found a way to destroy the entire Yusan Vong army yet. <laughs> and Jag is like, what do you want from me? The, um, the perfectionism and the ridiculous high standards. Yeah. It made me feel so much better about myself and my own perfectionism issues. Like, well, at least I'm not trying to set actually impossible goals, mostly. <laughs> yeah. I was amused by how he and Jaina kept misunderstanding each other. I know, I'd kind of forgotten His how GIS that, like... His co-pilot is more aware than... <sighs> oh, sure. And, yeah, I think this book really cemented I don't ship Jaina Jag in well, any I'd way. I'd forgotten that Jaina and Jag literally fight more than Jaina and Kip do in this book. Like, not that, that that's going to be their relationship forever. But in this book, you have the choice between Jaina and Jag, who constantly have communication problems and are both angry teenagers, or Jaina and Kip, who become a well-oiled machine who helps save each other from the dark side. I think one of those options is more interesting than the other. Also, <laughs> I mean, Jag has a chiss woman right near him who actually seems to make more sense with him. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> okay, but have you considered the third option, which is Jaina and Force Lightning, like I proposed I like in the that opening? One. That <laughs> is about infinitely in, times better. That. This is why yes. I'm wearing the I Survived the Jaina Solo Ship Wars shirt today. Oh, yes. Really? I'm yeah, so I should Jaina Solo not needing any of these people in her life. <laughs> See, it's hard for me to talk about all of that with with the next book in mind because there's a lot of things that go on in that book that sort of make why I like things why I like them yeah um, I know that like well yeah spoilers yeah but we won't go into that yet but uh ask us in another month or two <laughs> <laughs> well literally next next month and the month after um I really I was just cracking up when and she's just like what do you oh that's that's all high and mighty a son of a baron to tell me to know my place when he's literally trying to be like, please don't marry a man older than you. This is a bad idea, Jaina. <laughs> and she's just taking it completely mm-hmm. the wrong way. Yep. Yep. Um, and I mean, they do start out in the same way as Han and Leia arguing on a ship. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so jumping to Loey, poor Lobaka, who that Wookiee deserves better. <laughs> yeah, he really so much better. You know, shoved around a lot in this book, and I feel like Jaina owes him an apology. Yes, yeah. yes, Jaina owes him a major apology. He plays the life debt card. Yes, uh, yeah. And I was like, Jaina, honey, don't, don't, no. No, no, for all of her anger and issues and so on, no, no. Yeah, and I, I felt bad, like, because she used the mind tricks on him, right? Remember, right? At least a little, yeah. Yeah, and, and I just, I felt bad that he kind of lost some of his agency, because I feel like, I feel like in the New Jedi Order, writers never knew what to do with him, and he wasn't he didn't get to be a fully realized character like he was back in the young Jedi order. He's, he's kind of just like the, he's, he's a friend and, you know, I like, I like some of the dynamics we see between Jaina and Lobaka in this one, but yeah, it made me sad. He really did. And I think that goes back to the height of Jaina's dark side jaunt was when she was manipulating people because she was not only manipulating Loi, but also getting him to like, Manipulate other Wookiees for her. Yeah. 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 And she definitely owes him a very big and very sincere apology. Yeah. I think Ugh. there are, for, for sure, there's two, like, points of divergence that I thought about in this book. Um, one of which was they discussed going to Barab 1, which could also have been an interesting alternate universe, where instead of going to Hapes, they went to the planet of the giant lizards. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Or if Jaina tried to go to Kashyyyk at some point, because she mentions getting uh, resources from there, and then, like, the Wookiees arrive, and there's no, like, there are no scenes on Kashyyyk. I, c- I felt there could have been if the author wanted to, or if a fanfic writer wanted to. Not that you're suggesting or anything. I mean, it's not on the top of my list, but as you said, we have a list. Yes, <laughs> we do. A steadily growing <laughs> list. I feel like we should have kept, we, there were certain things we should have kept a running tally of back when we started the podcast. Oh, yeah, and now yeah. that we're 12 episodes in, I'm too lazy to do that. The, but The amount of fanfic ideas. The thing is, we just need to add to our steadily and ridiculously growing number of special episodes that we're going to do after the series and just mm. make one the fanfic episode. <laughs> I, I approve of this. It's cool. We'll just, aka the Vongcast will never die because we'll just keep... We'll just keep coming up with excuses to talk about these books. <laughs> because we'll just keep on grafting on replacement parts. I mean. <laughs> oh, it's thematically resonant. There we go. <sighs> you were the one who was asking how many limbs you're supposed to have earlier. So you're the expert. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I think the only thing left in the notes. Megan, I think these last two comments in the notes are yours. Did you want to talk about them some or? Yeah, sure. So just briefly, they were things that I noticed. Um, I always notice the descriptions of background female characters because they're almost always like pretty and slender and young. So when one is not that, I notice it. And um, one of Kip's pilots is described as, quote, plump and pretty and as being in her 50s, which I just thought was kind of cool because like you don't see older women all that often you don't see plump equated with pretty all that often so i thought that was a cool background detail and then there's also a lady yusan bong assassin um who just appears really briefly and then like curb stomps someone and then doesn't really appear again (laughs) but she's there and i appreciate her (laughs) and that was such a cool extra plot detail in there because I feel like with a society like that, I'd be a little surprised if there weren't some sneaky assassins hanging around. Well, I also feel like, of course, I don't know, but I feel a little bit like Elaine Cunningham went like, oh, apparently previous authors have decided that it's hard for women to rise into the ranks of warriors in this species, but I'm not deciding that, so I'll ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) There was no... Yeah, in this read especially, this whole book was one of these, it feels a lot of the details and perspective in it, if I didn't know anything whatsoever about authorship, my first instinct would be, you know, I would suspect a female author, just like a lot of the little details or things I've more commonly seen from female authors. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Oh, it's totally God. different, and I totally love it. <sighs> Here for it. Yes. <sighs> yeah. And I'm just so excited that we're, like, we're right in the middle of all of these books that we all really dig so much. Like, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm having a lot of fun with them. Not that I thought I wouldn't, but it's definitely like, I mean, it helps that I think we all read them in like four days each, but it's, it's been (laughs) like (laughs) easy. And like, I was, I was a rounding up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's been easy to talk about. It's been really fun to talk about at the, like, halfway point. I'm just having a good time. Yeah. I mean, I felt I, I was a little worried. Not Well, I realized because I knew we were going to get to these books. But, you know, we were, go, we were plotting our way through Agents of Chaos. I was like, oh, no. That was the right part. We're going to lose everyone. <laughs> Hopefully they stay around for the fun time. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So do you want to move on to listener questions? Sure. I'll take that as a yes. Uh, Odie asks us, did the plot feel a little, a, a bit truncated to you? Sort of? It could have been a lot longer and still worked really well, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. I agree there. There were parts where I thought that some scenes could have been different, like the Kashyyyk thing. But I think, and some of the Yusun Bong stuff wasn't as, like, that the lady assassin just disappears. I felt that was truncated. Um, but in terms of Jaina's story, I did feel that it ends kind of quickly. But that doesn't bother me because it's a 19-book series. Like, I know that her 
arc is kind of going to keep going and, and be resolved a little bit more, not with as much detail as in this book necessarily, but it will be. So, yes, but it would have bothered me more if this was the last book in the series. Yeah, I think I could have, I would have happily read another hundred pages, mm-hmm. I think, is about where I come down on this. Oh, definitely. There was the short story that goes with this called The Apprentice, I think, which is set in the timeline of this book, but was published separately. Um, I don't know that I've ever read it, but it exists. What was it about? I don't remember this. Yeah, let me see. Um, I know about this because it's actually listed on Goodreads, um, but that's, let's see. Um, let's just play the hold music while I look this up. our hold music tonight is uh evanescence right oh absolutely yes definitely yeah okay so the apprentice was published in star wars gamer 8 on the 1st of january 2002 by wizards of the coast it is the plot summary on wikipedia is um jaina solo struggles with the dark side of the force as she apprentices herself to renegade jedi kip Durin, and there's an illustration Huh. Yep. Interesting. Haven't read it. Looks interesting. The illustration is Jaina leaning over what looks like a desiccated corpse with an ominous shadow, presumably Kip, behind her. So I'm here for it. I, yes. <laughs> I am also here for it. Huh. Okay. I don't, as far as I know, those Star Wars gamer articles are even harder to find than, like, old insider short stories. So I have no even suggestion on where to find them, but they do exist. Interesting. Okay. Well, speaking of Kip, Nancy asks, why is Kip such a dick? And also, why does her phone keep autocorrecting Kip to Kylo? Um, answer to the second one is because obviously Kylo is the love child of Kip Duran and Jason Solo. Um, the first one, someone wrote in their answer here, yes, so I'm going to let me. you go first before I express some emotions. So that was me. Kip himself points it out in this book. His purpose is clearly to be the annoying blister that tells you that your shoes don't fit properly, except in the context of the Jedi. Yeah. I, you know what? I honestly don't really think he's a jerk in this book. He's less of a jerk than average, definitely. Or at least I think he becomes a little more conscious of being a jerk. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the first time in a while we've really gotten to be inside of his head. So all the stuff where he's talking to his droid and he's trying to figure out where he fits in things and, and where he fits in this war and how he fits with other people. And ultimately, he he doesn't necessarily do it for, you know altruistic reasons but he does help Jaina in the end like I don't think someone who hadn't gone that down that path could have helped her and given that the only other person she knows who went on a dark side bender went got on his high bantha um (laughs) yeah that's I don't know I maybe I'm just being a kip apologist tonight (laughs) there's a part um, I'm going to be a Kip apologist too a little bit, but there's a part that I wanted to bring up earlier and didn't have a chance to, so I'm going to do it now, which I thought was like both such an incredible edgelord line, but also like explain things. Um, one of Kip's pilots notes uh, that he's pretty quiet and he says only on the outside, <laughs> which <laughs> I just <laughs> love. And also he really like he's got to be thinking a mile a minute like at that that's before a space battle but like he has um i think he does worry a lot about why the jedi are doing what they're doing and in this book nah okay this is i'm really gonna go on a speculation limb here but if i was writing kip it would be he's worried so long about what the jedi are doing that he kind of hasn't worried about what he's doing for a while and he becomes less reactionary in this book and um I like that. So yeah. uh, I still like, yeah, he's still a jerk, but also he kind of meets his match in this book and that transforms he, him and Jaina together. They are like the catalysts for each other. And I think that's powerful. 
Even yeah. if they were both being jerks at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I they're, mean, they're... I'm also going to get on the Kip apologist train for this book also. <laughs> we'll just make up the subtitle of the episode. Yeah. Our journey, the Kip apologist train. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want to get like too ironic with that either, because I think there is like, it, there's value in looking at it from like understanding where the character is coming from, especially in this book where he's portrayed as, let's say less selfish than other books in the series. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think like there's a lot of points where he doesn't, he doesn't actually know what else he could be doing to help her. Um, Because and you compare it to how he, there's a lot of character growth that went on from when we first saw him at the beginning of the series and he was just challenging people. Um, And yeah, no, I just, I, I think it's basically what we've all been saying is I really like how they how they've helped each other grow and in my old age now that I'm not being ornery about chips I really do love the very platonic friendship and relationship whatever you want to call it between them. Yeah, I felt like their dynamic in this book yes, Kip can be a jerk in this whole series and yes he is but in this book he is the perfect foil for all of Jaina's issues and nobody else in the cast that we have would be able to fit into that role and no combination of them really would. And well, if Jaina didn't have someone there to kind of understand what she's going through, it would have definitely ended a lot worse. Kip's a jerk, but he's a very useful jerk here. Yes, he's our jerk. A useful jerk. Yes, I think that's yes. a good description. He's a useful jerk. We're keeping him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's about all we have there. Uh, our this is the first time in a while. I don't think any of our counters have moved. We're still at eighteen Jedi deaths, three Nokiri deaths. We gave up on Kip's a jerk references, but there was like at least a dozen in this book. <laughs> there were, but I also feel like if we really wanted to be obnoxious, we could start subtracting some. <laughs> we could. doing math. I can't add. <laughs> yeah. It's all imaginary numbers at this point anyway. It's all faking in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, how do we count the part where Leia's like, you suck, but also, if you pull Jada back from this, you will suck slightly less. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that you've added the notes amount of fanfic ideas suggested, which this book probably actually wins for the number, because there were two of them, and there were, like, two for the whole rest of the series, so... <laughs> we're, I feel like we had a lot that we talked about Maybe recently. Maybe I'm like... remembering mine. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot we talked about for Star by Star. Because there was the. I wish I'd started writing them down earlier. (laughs) Rocky, you have a homework assignment. (laughs) I've never been very good at homework. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I mean, Um, I did read many of these books originally under the desk in high school when apparently I was supposed to have been like paying attention or something in class. Yeah, that's overrated. Yeah, I think it might have been. No. (laughs) All right. Any last thoughts we have about Dark Journey? before we wrap this up, before we go too crazy. <laughs> I'm so glad this book held up as well as I thought it as well as I hoped it would. I'm like this close to making AMVs about Kip and Jaina, so <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> oh, such wonderful flashbacks to my well-misspent teen years. There's one on Twitter. I posted a song for them on Twitter. I didn't make a whole AMV, but... <laughs> Yeah, really, that would be really hard. Oh my gosh, then I'd have to cast them and whatever. <laughs> oh man. Oh, now I'm thinking about all those fan casts back in the day. Right? Oh, oh yes, yes, yes I happily. Okay, somebody needs to like rein us in before we go off on this tangent. Because... Okay, it's going to be me because I need to go to. Well, I'm okay. I'm not. That would be a lie. I would say about. To, I need to go to sleep, but we all know I'm just going to go grab that arc I have of Queen Shadow sitting behind me and go back to reading it. Jealous. So <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up, guys. Where can you find? Where can we? Oh God. <laughs> Social media. Say your stuff. <laughs> the, co- the coordinates of your villops. Um, <laughs> 
I can be found at blog full of words. I write for StarWars.com, Star Wars Insider, and Den of Geek. My newest thing that you can find on bookshelves is an interview with Ian Dosher, who writes the Shakespeare Star Wars series. Rocky? All right. I am Lady Darth Kytus on Twitter. I have written for 1138 in the past, and I have also appeared on the Updice and Droids podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Chaos Bria. Uh, I do some writing stuff for Tachi Station, White Hot Room, and uh, StarWars.com. And most recently, if you were to pick up Age of Republic Django Fett, you could find an essay by me in the back. So that's cool and my blatant self-promotion for the year. Uh, anyways, all right. It's very cool. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. Anyways, this podcast is distributed as part of the Tasha Station Network. The podcast has been brought to you in part by your support on Patreon. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the Tasha Station Radio Mega Feed or the Throncast feeds on iTunes for more episodes. Join us next time when we read, I'm pretty sure it's Enemy Lines Rebel Dream by Aaron Alston. It could be Rebel Stand. It's whichever one is first. Uh, you can read and tweet along with us by using the hashtag Voncast. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. 